Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Robertson. I'm so glad you're with me today because we are in Isaiah 40, this all familiar scripture that they who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Oh, I want to break down each phrase of this amazing text today, and you are going to be stunned at the truth and how relevant it is in our life. You know, today as we talk about they, who are they? I want to talk specifically to those who are willing to wait. Those Hannahs who are waiting year after year for the Lord to respond. Those Abrahams and Sarahs who know what it is to wait. Friends, as I face blindness, as I have uh, entered this not only different season, this difficult season of blindness. Oh, friends, I am preaching from my soul this sermon on what it means to wait on the Lord. I'm so glad you're listening. If it speaks to you, I want to hear from you. Send me an email today on what the Lord's doing in your life. Pastor Chad Roberts at gmail.com. Well, let's go today. Isaiah 40. How to Wait on the Lord. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40 today. I have a word that is burning in my soul. I want to talk today about what it means to wait on the Lord. If you are someone that you are currently in a season of waiting on God, if you are someone that you have been waiting on God for a while, then you are who I am preaching to today. Waiting on God is one of the most difficult things a Christian can do. And ironically, When we pray, you know, God always answers prayer. You realize that? God will say one of three things when you and I approach him with a request. God will either say yes, and we thank God for the times that he says yes. He's a good father, isn't he? A good father. A good father. And the Bible says that all good things come from above. Every single thing that's good in your life comes directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. Every good thing. But God often will tell us no. Just like a wise father. Wise parents do not say yes to everything, do they? That is the shortest route to raising a future juvenile delinquent. Say yes to everything your children want. And you'll be well on your way to ruining their life. A wise parent does not always say yes. They often say no. Now, it's good to say yes as much as you can. But not always. Like a wise father. God will often say no. What did Jesus teach us? Often we'll ask for a fish, thinking it's a fish, but what does God know it is? A serpent. We'll ask for bread, thinking it's bread, but what does God know that it is? A stone. 
God in his wisdom will often say no. And you and I need to be as grateful and we need to be as thankful for the times that God says no as much as when he says yes. But the third one is perhaps the most difficult. Often God says wait. Am I preaching to anyone today who knows what it is to wait on the Lord? Does anyone know how tiring it can be to wait on the Lord? Does anyone know how exhausting it can be? How often discouraging it can be? How often frustrating it can be? Many people have grown disillusioned with God. They have gotten hurt by God. They have become offended by God because He did not say yes and He did not say no. Instead, God said, wait. And we do not like to wait, do we? How many of you are not like a crock pot? You're like a microwave. You need it now. How many of you know, say amen if you know it. How many of you know God is not Amazon Prime? You don't pray and it's there the next day. There's no membership you can join with God to get it the next day. God doesn't work that way. No, sometimes we have to wait. And waiting can be one of the most difficult experiences that a believer will go through. And I think this is what Isaiah had in mind when the Holy Spirit breathed out through him these amazing scriptures. Go to Isaiah 40 with me. I want to begin in verse number 27. Many of you will recognize my text today. Many of you know the verse, but they who wait for the Lord shall mount up as what? Wings. Oh, you know it. Amen. Wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not what? Faint. Amen. Boy, you know it. Amen. But I want to back up and I want to go to verse 27 to understand a little more context as a foundation for today. I want to talk specifically to those who are waiting on God. I want to talk to those today who have but little strength. I want to talk to those today who you are in a struggle. And you don't quite know what to do. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 27. Isaiah says, O Israel, O Jacob. In other words, O people of God. Oh, the remnant of God, the chosen by God. Why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord? My rights are disregarded by God. In other words, Isaiah is saying, why do the people of God often complain about God? Why do the people of God often complain to God? Because let me tell you, one of the choice weapons of the enemy is to bring such discouragement into our life that he will be right there telling you, God does not care about your life. God doesn't care what you're going through. God isn't paying attention to you. Oh, he'll shift your eyes over to the Joneses and he'll shift your eyes over to the Smiths and he'll show you this family and he'll show you that family and he'll say, oh, they've got it all together and they've got the perfect life and they've got everything that you want. Oh, he loves for you to scroll through social media and wish your life was like these other people. 
Why is my way hidden from God? Why are my prayers unanswered? Why does someone on the prayer sheets, we pray for them, and God answers like that, and yet I haven't seen a thing from God? Why does the church pray, and this person, I see this, and this person, I see that, but God hasn't done a thing yet that I can see? I don't know about you, but I'm preaching to me today. I know from experience what I'm preaching on. I've prayed with so many people for healing, and God will heal them right then. I'll pray for someone for healing, and I'll get a phone call the next day or the next week. Pastor Chad, let me tell you what God has done. And yet here I sit in darkness. I know what I'm talking about today. Why is my way hidden from God? Why are my rights disregarded? Now, Isaiah is going to do something that I think is masterful. He's going to take our eyes that we see our own little bubble and we see our own problems and we see our own difficulties. And Isaiah is going to shift our eyes from other people and from ourselves. And Isaiah is going to put our eyes on God on high. Now look at verse number 28. Say amen if you're with me. Isaiah says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. And then look what he says. He does not grow faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You see what Isaiah is going to do? He's going to take my eyes off of woe is me and I'm the victim and nothing ever works out for me and God never answers my prayer and God isn't paying attention to me and Isaiah goes, oh no child of God, lift your head up, look to the Lord because you're not praying to some man. You're not praying to somebody who's wishy-washy. You're not praying to somebody that maybe he can and maybe he can't. Or worse, maybe he simply won't. No, Isaiah says, let me tell you who God is. He is everlasting. He's the creator to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Do you realize that when you and I pray to God, we are praying to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do we approach him that way? Do we approach him as the God that he is? That there is none beside him? Do you and I approach God that way? The everlasting. The creator. Huh. What's the Lord saying? His Understanding is unsearchable. Boy, I I was just thinking about that real early this morning. And I was thinking, oh, Lord, that's why I can submit to your plans. That's why I can submit to your will. That's why your ways are high above my ways and your thoughts are far above my thoughts. 
That's why when you say yes, I can say hallelujah. And when you say no, I can say amen. And when you say wait, I can say praise God. Because the understanding of the Lord, you and I can't understand it. We can't find it out. We don't know what God's doing and what God is allowing. His understanding is unsearchable. Do you see why you can trust him? I heard years ago a saying I've never forgotten. When I can't see God's hand. In other words, I don't know what God's doing. When I can't see his hand, I can trust his heart. His understanding is unsearchable. That phrase, that all-important phrase right there, that ought to make you say amen to the plans of God in my life. That ought to make you say, I say, yes, Lord. You walk me through the refiner's fire, yes, Lord. You lead me to the mountaintop, yes, Lord. You lead me down into the valley where the fruit grows, yes, Lord. Your understanding is unsearchable, and I trust you to the fullest. What a Praise in the word of God. I'm telling you, people of God, if you will take your prayer life, if you will take every prayer request you have right now, if you'll take every question you have before God, if you take every doubt that you struggle with, if you take everything that is confusing to you at the moment, and if you'll insert this phrase, God's understanding is unsearchable, it'll bring faith into your life. It'll bring faith to you. Some of us, in our pride and in our arrogance, we think we have to have everything about God figured out. Friends, if I could know everything about God, then why would I need Him? If I knew everything about God, then why would I worship Him? You and I have to come into a realm of faith where we are okay not knowing everything. Come on now, right? See, I'm the type of person, I can handle most things as long as I know it's coming. It's when I get blindsided by life. That's what I hate. And see, I'm the type of person. Now, I'm a planner. Anybody else a planner? Anybody like to know what's coming ahead of the curve and you look far out? You know, the Lord don't let us see far out, does he? The Bible says that the word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. When you're walking with a lamp, how far down the road can you see? Just the next step or two. Oh, that drives me crazy. I tell the Lord, I say, Lord, I don't want a lamp. I want one of those redneck deer lamps (laughs) that people put on the side of their truck. That you can see two miles down the road. That's what I want. And the Lord goes, no. You walk by faith, not by sight. No, you're not going to see down the road. No, you're not going to see what's ahead of the curve. I have given you a lamp, and that lamp lets you see the next couple of steps. You know, believers have two feet. And you know why we have two feet? We trust and we obey. 
You take a step and you trust. You take another step and you obey. You take a step and you trust. You take a step and you obey. And what's the word say? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And all of a sudden you begin to walk in God's ways. You begin to walk yourself right into God's will. But some of us are frustrated all the time because we can't see way down the road. God don't want you to see way down the road. He wants you to trust way down the road. God is everlasting. He's creator to the ends of the earth. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. Praise God. Do you realize that the Bible says he, ne- he, he, he never slumbers, nor does he sleep? How many of you got a great night's rest last night? How many of you just broke my rule? Hmm. And then worse, some of you are nodding. I did. <laughs> God has designed us that we have to sleep. And do you know, do you know, uh, and, and I'm not kidding here. I'm being very serious. I'm being very serious. There are sometimes I will feel so exhausted in my body. I have worked so hard. I have thought so hard. I'll tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to sleep as worship to you. Because do you know what sleep says to the Lord? Do you know what sleep says to us? It says to us, I'm not God. And I'm not self-sufficient. I'm going to have to lay down. I'm going to have to rest. And you know what you're telling God? It says to God, God, I can't do everything. And I can't control everything. And I'm not in charge. And I'm not as important as I think I am. And I can't control everything like I think I can. Lord, I'm going to have to close my eyes. I'm going to have to shut down. And I'm going to have to trust you. I see sleep as a wonderful act of worship. Because you know what I'm telling God? I'm telling God I'm not self-sufficient. Jeremiah 2.13 Verse 14, wonderful verses in the Bible. The Bible says, My people have committed two evils. One, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, God says. And two, they have, they've hewed out cisterns for themselves. But they're broken cisterns, cisterns that can hold no water. You know what that verse is saying? That verse is saying that you and I are not self-sufficient. We need God. Oh, how we need him. I just laugh when I hear unbelievers go, oh, oh, religious people. Oh, religion is just a crutch. I don't know. Maybe if we're religious people. But let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the solid rock. And you know what the psalmist said? When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. I don't lean on a crutch. I stand on a rock. And I feel sorry for people that don't have that stability. I feel sorry for people that don't have that assurance. I feel sorry for people that's never experienced such comfort and such confidence to say, no, the situations of my life are outside of my control and I am overwhelmed. But no, 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 no. God leads me to a rock that is higher than myself. See, I'm not self-sufficient. But when I lean on God, when I stand on God, 
He is sufficient. Why? He's everlasting. He's the creator to the ends of the earth. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Praise God. Amen. Because of this, look at verse 29. He gives power to the faint. (laughs) Those who have no might, he increases our strength. How many of you need that today? You need God to intervene in your life. You need God to step right in the middle of your mess. You need God to grant you his strength. You need God to grant you his wisdom. You need God's direction for your decisions. Oh, let me tell you, I am in this room above all people. I am the most dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I need him. I need him. I need him. The God who does not faint gives power to the faint. What a contrast, amen? Can we appreciate what Isaiah is saying? So let's back up. Verse 27, what's he say? Listen, why are we complaining? Why are we saying, God don't understand. My ways are hidden from God. He's not paying attention to me. My rights are disregarded. And Isaiah goes, oh, have you not heard? Have you not known? Have you not heard that God is the everlasting God? The creator to the ends of the earth. He does not faint. He doesn't grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So what's the conclusion of such a God? He gives power to the faint. He increases the strength of those who have no might. And now Isaiah, in a masterful way, he's now going to shift our focus back down to humanity. And look what he says. Even youths will faint and grow weary. Young men will fall from exhaustion. Oh, you know what Isaiah is doing? He's showing us the frailty of man. He's showing us our insufficiency. He's saying, you think you've got it all together? You think you're young? You think you're strong? You think you know it all? You think you can handle anything that life throws at you? No, he says, let me tell you, you'll grow weary. You will faint. You'll fall from exhaustion. What good gospel news that there isn't a one of us in this room today who is self-sufficient. You know what I see this verse like? Anybody ever go out to Duck Island, out here to Warriors? If we took our entire congregation today to Duck Island and we stood on the shores of the lake there at Warriors and we said, who among us can jump from one shore to the next shore? Who could do that? And it wouldn't matter if someone raised their hand and said, I'm young. It doesn't matter. If someone said, I'm in peak performance shape, it doesn't matter. Oh, I go to the gym faithfully. It doesn't matter. There isn't a one of us who would have the ability to jump from one shore to the other shore. Do you see how that is in view from God's perspective? There isn't a one of us who's strong enough to tackle life by ourselves. There isn't a one of us who is self-sufficient. There isn't a one of us that can reject the help of the Lord and figure everything out on our own. 
we don't have the ability. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.